Well, again, I just want to say th thank you for Bethel uh, opening the doors to, to us to be able to come. And uh, Susan, who's at another church this morning, and I host teams from Karis Bible College. And these are all students that are doing their second year um, uh, mission trip in order that they can then graduate in uh, May of this year. So anyway, um, I don't want to keep uh, further ado, but anyway, we have this morning Connie, who's going to give us uh, a, a testimony first, and then we will have our brother Michael that's bringing the message this morning. Okay, make him welcome. Oops, good morning, everybody. Y'all probably, you know, saw me struggle a little bit coming up them stairs, but I used to use a walker, so anyway, yes. <laughs> um, I want to talk to y'all, I mean, my testimony, I'm, look, I'm, look at me trying to preach or something, but um, God's goodness to my life, I just would like to say a couple of things about what he's done for me. Um, I grew up in a church, Assembly of God, and um, as far back as I can remember, I was always told about you know, Jesus loves you, and, and I believed it, and I saw it in other people's lives, and so I, um, I didn't doubt for a minute that he loved me, but um, I was also taught in the church that I went to, that uh, I had to always be good. That uh, he was always, if I didn't, um, if I did anything wrong, then then I might lose my salvation. And so that is a hard way to live because you can never, it's it, you can't be perfect. And so, so uh, I was a good girl, and a lot of bad things happened to. And so um, I'm not going to tell you a bunch of things, but I will say that because I was always trying to do right, but bad things happen anyway, I really started wondering if this Jesus was really who everybody was saying, you know. I mean, and I'd read it in the Bible, but I only read what, what people told me to read. I didn't understand enough to dig deeper, to get closer to God, to find out from him who he is to read in his word, to talk to him, and really come to know him for who he is. So, um, so anyway, life would go on, and I would tell people, you need to accept Jesus as your Savior, because if you don't, you're going to die and go to hell. You know? And that's how it was presented to me. Well, um, the only thing is, as I'm telling him how much Jesus loves him, I'm not believing my own words, because... You know, I got these things coming at me. Well, if he's so loving, then why are these things happening? Why is it that no matter how much you pray, he does what he wants to anyway? And people say, you just got to trust him. He's God. He knows best. But I couldn't, I couldn't understand. I'd see my own daddy who was anything but perfect. And he was not the best dad in the world, but um, he was a father that at least would not on purpose do things to hurt me or, or lead me on to believe something was going to happen and then not. So I started getting bitter and I started telling the Lord, well, you know, I know I'm supposed to love you because they say I'm supposed to and I want to go to heaven. But um, anyway, I found out um, not until recently, and I'm 60-something years old, not until about, about two and a half years ago, learning through Karis, through teachings there, the, the Bible, uh, revelations, they we learn how to read the Bible and ask the Holy Spirit to show us what it says and read it for what it really says, not just what people told me, you know, their own ideas of what it said or what year after year after year the same people would tell, were telling me. So, but I did learn about the goodness of God, how good he really, really is. And he's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. And he's shown me in all kinds of ways. He's shown me that his love, and he loves me so much through healing my body, and I have 
I have quite a few testimonies for healing. But one of the, one of the more recent ones was um, uh, 25th of February, just this February. Um, I had a really bad fall. I was just walking down the sidewalk being friendly. Somebody come at me, and I said hi to them. They went past me, and you know how you keep walking forward with your legs, but you turn around, and you're saying, keep talking? Well, I did that, and I shouldn't have done that. And I fell flat on my face, and, uh, and I do mean, I mean, they say my knees hit first, and from the bruises on them, I, it's pretty obvious. But then I went flat right on my face, uh, damaged my teeth, broke my nose, this you probably see a little bit, but anyway. So, of course, I have blood coming out my mouth and stuff, and, and took me to the ER, and um, I'm sitting in the waiting room. My face is starting to swell, and it's hurting really bad to breathe. And I told my husband, it was Dale, that um, I don't know how much longer I can stand that. This, this is really hurting. And so, um, it's, as in all waiting rooms, you know, medical, you got to wait. Unless you're, you know, having a heart attack or something that's about to get you, you're about to leave the world, you, they're not going to take you right away. So we had to sit there and wait. And so I started to pass time and get my mind off the pain, started praying for all the people that were coming in, you know, for emergency. And I started praying for them. And um, it helped lessen the pain a little bit because God's good like that. So they took me in, and the doctor looked at me and said, you broke a nose. And uh, so they're, while they're waiting to do x-rays and, MR and the CT scans, um, my husband, of course, uh, we believe in healing. You know, y'all believe what, what is part of salvation is our healing. And so um, he said, uh, Connie, the Lord's saying, he's repairing your nose. And he, so we just said, yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the pain started going away some. And I started breathing better. Well, they took me in for the CT scans and stuff, and they said, have you ever had a broken nose? And I said, no. And they said, well, it shows that, uh, that it, it looks like you've had a broken nose from a past trauma. <laughs> I've never broken my nose before. <laughs> and so my husband says, yeah, from about an hour, hour and a half ago. <laughs> so... I have a nose that's, that Jesus was repairing. So I thought, okay, after everything settled down, I got home. Well, why didn't he just tell my husband I'm healing her nose? And so I started looking at things, and I found out that um, Jehovah Rapha, God our healer, he is healing also is repair. It is... It is um, mending together. It's wholeness, bringing it to complete wholeness. Okay, we can break it down and call it repair. We can call it, you know, get in the in the interim, getting better or or knitting together, becoming whole. But you know what? All of all of that is in really just one name. It is in Jehovah Rapha. It is in everything that our God has provided. It is in Jesus, that one name, that one name above every name. He's provider, he's healer, and healer means he's in everything in our life, our spirit, our body, and our soul, everything. So not only that, but healing, more healings in my body. I had, um, be, when we started uh, learning through Karis, um, I went to the healing is here thing, and um, the Lord, I, I was kind of, I had scoliosis in my back, and I'd been having back pains for years, real bad ones, and, um, and um, we were praying for other people, just laying hands and praying for other people, and I kept, I wasn't even thinking about my back too much, but I had been, part of me was still questioning what, about God's love for me because I kept thinking, well, certain things that have happened, why didn't God do something about it? And so when you do that and you hold things against God, it, that bitterness settles in your body and it comes out in sickness, in depression, all of those things. It, your body, it's, it's physical, it catches everything. That's why the devil can do stuff get at you through your body, because he attacks that. He can do that. Well, I started just thinking, 
Well, I started just, Lord, I don't know what's going on. He says, and, and I could hear this little boy saying, you can trust me, you can trust me. And so I said, well, Lord, why'd you do that? And he says, Connie, you can trust me. Well, every day we were being filled with the word. The word is full of health, is full of wholeness, is full of life. And the more I listen, the more my heart, instead of being bitter and hard, it was softening up more and more. And while I was, I just said, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I do believe. And why not? Look at, look what I'm learning. If I can't trust you, I can't, who can I trust? And while I was saying that, the very words, (laughs) I felt something in my back straightening. My backbone was straightening. And, uh, and it just kept, it was like a sharp, um, hot pain. And then my backbone started straightening up. And the Lord said, you don't have scoliosis anymore. And I have not had, my back's been fine. It has been perfect. And so other things that the Lord is doing, it's like one thing after another. Because if you believe anything, the little things, then, you, then he, more and more things you can believe for. But what I also wanted to say was that... Um, that uh, the Lord, because these things, I was healed. And you have an adversary that comes at you. And he keeps coming at you. And he throws lies at you. Okay, he does. Uh, John 10.10 says that the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy But Jesus says, but I have come to give you life, and life more abundantly. So you do have an adversary. And um, I had started to forget that. And if you forget that, then you, you you let the enemy come in and take from you and steal from you. Don't let him do that. Stay in the word. Keep praising God. Keep loving him. Keep trusting him. The more you're in the word, the more that he will build your spirit. And so, um, one thing that I did learn, and it was wonderful, that I realized all these things all my life that I was just, really, it was just being bound. And it's like, Galatians 5.1 says that it's for freedom that we've been set free. Jesus died for that, for that freedom, so that we don't have to be sick. We don't have to be depressed. We don't have to... uh, we don't have to accept the lies of the enemy and everything, but we can rest in what Jesus says. And so that's what I would leave with you is this. Stay in the word. Keep drawing to the Lord. Keep coming to church. Keep being with other people who love the Lord. Learn as much as you can. Pray. Keep. I mean, just get in there and learn about him, who this God is. And it's in his word. This is his word. And he tells you everything, everything that you need to know. And not only that, but this word's life. And what you learn, don't let, don't let all the things that you don't know, don't let those steal from you what you do know, what God has given you. So anyways, that's my testimony. I'm glad it's so long. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, somebody. Amen. Isn't that an awesome testimony? The healing power of God. Amen. Thank you, Sister Connie, for that. I was richly blessed. You know, um, all right, my name is Michael, and uh, like you've heard, I'm a second-year student of Caris, and um, I'm so honored in the few moments I have to share with you, um, I was coming this morning and I said to the Lord, what exactly would you have me say to these people? I mean, you know, I had a message prepared over the days and all that, and I kept hearing the name, the name of Jesus. He says, put them in remembrance of the power that's in the name of Jesus. I said, yes, Lord. And then I came in here and 
the choir were singing, you know my name. You know my name. I said, okay, you know, we're getting there. And then when Sister Coney came up here again, she kept talking about the name, the name of Jesus. And I believe, God, that that's exactly what God wants me to share with you this morning. Um, I'm originally from Lagos, Nigeria. Uh, I was born there. I schooled there, then schooled in the UK, and then schooled in the US. And uh, my background was in information technology, IT. For many years, uh, my dream was, you know, to be an IT guru and live my life, you know, in part in that field. But I got saved quite early. I got saved in college in 1986. And um, I didn't think anything about full-time ministry. I never, in fact, if you told me I was going to be in full-time ministry, I'd say I don't think so. I'm a businessman. You know, but God has a plan. How many of you know God has a plan? You know, in Jeremiah chapter 1, he says, Before I formed you, I knew you, and I ordained you, prophetic nations. So God had a plan for my life, and he kept, you know, I just want to give you a little background about me before I share what I want to say. He kept navigating my way um, around ministry. When I got saved, the first thing I did was I found that there was a gap. Um, We had a drummer in church who was really on and off, and I felt like um, I owe it to God to be a part of making sure that his house was full. I took it upon myself to learn to play the drums because the drummer wasn't sitting up, and that's how I began. And then the next thing, I found myself playing the guitar, and then the next thing, I was playing the keyboard, and the next thing, I was singing in church. And so all this while, you know, I was serving in the music department. And then one day, I had, you know, 1991, I came to the U.S. for training and all that. And sometime in 1997, I was privileged to meet with the man, Kenneth E. Hagin. I don't know how many of you know about Kenneth Hagin, right, in, in Oklahoma City. Um, I went there with a minister friend, uh, or mentor, and then he prayed for me. Uh, he, he was praying for the minister, and when he was done, he turned to me and called me, and he prayed for me and laid hands on me. And I thought he was laying hands on me for business, you know, and all of that. And I didn't know that God was actually leading me, you know, into where he had planned for me. And when he laid hands on me, he spoke some prophetic words in ministry. I received them. But, you know, I continued in my business. And then seven years later, again, I was privileged to go to the house of T.L. Osborne. I don't know how many of you know T.L. Osborne here. All right. In his house, again, with another minister, and when he was done with him, he turned to me and said, come over here. And then he laid hands on me again. And, and finally, in 2008, I met with uh, Kenneth Copeland. He also laid hands on me. And I knew something was going on here. You know, how, how would Kenneth Hagin, you know, T.L. Osborne, Kenneth Copeland lay hands on you directly and impart things to you? And that was my journey. Because I had loved the Lord all the while, I was serving the Lord, I didn't have, you know, the testimonies of... Uh, deviating. I never turned back. I, I mean, maybe I didn't have a chance or anything, but it was consistent. And, but God had been faithful, and he kept leading me on. I kept, you know, ministering in songs, music, teachings, you know, until I finally came to Caris Bible College, and I'm now in my second year, graduating in May, so we can do that, which God has called us to do. Amen? Praise the Lord. So that's, that's pretty much me. And, but this morning, I just want to share with you, put you in remembrance. I know you've heard it before, because I know that there's been great teaching here over the years. We've met the pastor. And, but I want to put you in remembrance of the power that's in the name of Jesus. Somebody said the power that's in the name of Jesus. You know, God put us here on the earth. But he didn't leave us here as victims. He left us here as victors. For the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away and all things have become new. You were first in Adam, the first man, Adam. And when you moved out of that, you came into Christ. But in Christ, he says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. 
And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, which means that God has called us to live a life of victory, not a life of defeat. He knew that the enemy will come against us, but he equipped us with everything that we need to live a life of victory and to fulfill, this is the most important part of it, to fulfill his plan and his purpose for our lives. Every one of you present in this place, God has a plan for your life. Every one of you. But you know, he has a plan for everybody. But his plan for your life doesn't kick in until you come to accept the lordship of Jesus. And so if you're already born again, guess what? You're on course. You're on course, God's plan for your life. And I'm saying that that life is one that God says should be from glory to glory to glory. That means, you know, your today should be better than yesterday because you continue to grow in him and in the knowledge of him. Amen? You know, I remember the story of a woman in John chapter 4 at the well because there's always a day when you get a new beginning. And for someone here today, I'm certain that today for you is that new day for a new beginning. Can I hear an amen? amen? Today is that certain day. Somebody, I perceive someone is in this place that God is giving you a brand new beginning. A new journey is starting and it will be from glory to glory. Amen? All right, so in John chapter 4, we read about this woman. Jesus was on the way um, and he came to a well in the city of Samaria. You all know the story. And he met with a woman, a Samaritan woman there, and he asked her a simple question. He requested a simple thing. He says, give me water. Now, as simple as that is, the woman started off, and I want to read from that so I can be sure I started reading scriptures. John chapter 4. So he comes to this woman, and Jesus says to her, give me drink. Verse 9 says, Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Now, you know, that's not, that's not a good response. All I ask for is water. And then she goes on to tell me the story of my life. The Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. But what happens, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knew the gift, or knew as the gift of God, King James English, and who it is that said to thee, Give me drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Somebody say living water. That's a difference. She says, I have no dealings with you, because there's an you know, animosity between us. And then the woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Are you greater than Jacob our father? And then she goes on and on and on. Jesus said, Whosoever drinketh of this water you are talking about will thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Are you aware that every one of you who is a child of God, this is your state right now, that inside of you is a well of water springing up into everlasting life? All right, let's continue. Now the woman says to him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And then Jesus throws a question, an instruction to her. Go call thy husband and come here. You want this living water? Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him very quickly. I have no husband. Jesus said to her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. You have had five husbands. It means this woman had had five husbands relationships, five broken marriages. I, I, I don't think anybody here has had five. This woman was a woman that had suffered rejection, abuse, pain. 
She was every mother's nightmare. You didn't want her near your son. She was every wife's dread. You didn't want her near your husband. Because she, I mean, at this point in time, I mean, like the story of the woman who was staring at the man, you know, in the meeting. And the man was uncomfortable. And afterwards, he went to her and said, it looks like you were staring at me all the time. Do you know me? Oh, she said, well, you, you look like my, my, uh, was it my fourth husband? My fourth husband. Then he said, I'm trying to remember the story exactly how it is, but basically, he said, how many husbands have you had? She said, four, and you look like the next one. That's why she was staring at him. You look like the next one. Staring at him all the while. Four husbands. But this woman had five. So you can see she was speaking from a place of pain. Her place of rejection. Why did she come to the well at this time, by the way? She came to the well at the time when nobody would be at the well. It was hot. She didn't want people to see her. She wanted to be all alone, and she didn't want to have a discussion with anybody. And so, you know, you, know, you meet some persons that are like, you know, I, I don't want to have any conversation. She didn't want to have no conversation. And here was Jesus speaking to her. Yet, in the midst of the fact that she was in her sin, she found love. He showed her love. He showed her compassion. She said, I have no husband. He says, yes. And even the one you have right now, it's not going to work. I know what you're looking for. What was she looking for? She was looking for love. She was looking for peace. You know, peace is what everyone needs. Everyone wants peace around the world. She was looking for affection. She was looking for acceptance. And Jesus gave her that. Now, if you read the rest of the story, how she tried to digress and take him off course, and Jesus kept giving her the truth of God's word. And eventually, she said, when Messiah comes, he will tell us everything. He said, this is he. And the woman ran off with her. He left her water pot, ran off and said to everybody, come see a man that told me everything I ever did. The longest short of the story is that at the end of the day, she became the greatest evangelist in that city. Because through her, the whole city came out to hear Jesus. And they said to her, now we have heard him. We believe him, not because of your testimony, but because we have heard them for ourselves. Now, this was a woman that before now didn't want to be seen with anybody. She took it upon herself and told the people, come see a man. Come see a man who ever told me everything that I've ever done. I don't know about you, but I know that there's someone here today that when you leave from this meeting, you are going to say to people out there, come see a God who has done this for me. Come see a God that has turned my life around. Come see a God that has changed my story. Come see a God that has accepted me. Glory to God, just like she found acceptance. Now, this is what God does for us. It doesn't matter what our state is. He comes to us. He shows us love. He doesn't condemn us. He says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that gives liberally, that doesn't condemn. God is not fault-finding. He's not. He doesn't want to leave you the same way you are, right? But he doesn't judge you. Why? Because the goodness of God is what leads you to repentance. So now, what is it about the name? He's given us a name. The name to live by. Do you know, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, whatsoever you do in word or in deed, it says, do all in the name. Which means, if the name is this important, we must know exactly what's in the name. If you do not know the power that's behind the name, you will not be able to stand strong in that name. That name is all you've got. In the Old Testament, they had names for God. But all of those names have been summed up in one name. And what is that name? What is that name? Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. In fact, we say the name of Jesus is the most powerful name. And the question you want to ask me is, how do you know? Let me say this to you. A name is only as powerful as the authority that is behind it. A name is only as powerful as the authority that is behind it. It's not in the, in the spelling of the name or the pronunciation of the names because many people bear the name Jesus. 
but it's the authority and the power behind it. You know, our president today, his name is Joe Biden, all right? But you know, at one point in time, he was called Mr. Biden. It was, he had a name, but there was not much power behind it, true or false? Is that correct? And then he became a congressman, and then the same name, but he had more authority. And then he became the vice president, the same name, but what happened? The authority increased. And then now he's called President Biden, the same name, but the authority has gone up as you have in the military. So you are here today, they call you Captain Joe. But when you're promoted to the rank of Major, it's still the same name, but now you are Major Joe. And then you become Lieutenant Colonel Joe, and then Colonel Joe, and then Brigadier Joe, and then Major General Joe. What has just happened is the authority in that name continues to increase, so that the name is only as powerful as the authority that's behind it. This is exactly what happened to Jesus. When he was born, his name was called Jesus. But that name couldn't help you. You couldn't do anything with it. Joseph named him Jesus according to the instruction of the angel. And then when he came into ministry and he was ordained, right, he sent his disciples out. And he said to them, go not into the way of the Gentiles, nor of the Samaritans, but go to the lost sheep of Israel. And the reason was simply because that was the jurisdiction of the name. That was how much the name could work for you. Stay within the boundaries that you are given. But after he rose from the dead, glory to God. I said after he rose from the dead, the authority that was behind that name was different. When he rose up, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Go therefore where? In my name. To the ends of the world. No matter where you are. My name is sufficient for you. In that name, we have victory over the enemy. In that name, we have triumph. I mean, our sister you know, was sharing about our healing right now. It was done in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. It was done in the name of Jesus. Even though he inherited the name, you know, he got the name actually by conquest. You know, when Christ died on the cross, we died with him. When he was buried, we were buried with him. When he rose, guess what? We rose with him. We rose with him in the power of his resurrection. Now, when he died, something happened. The forces of darkness held him down because he went in on our behalf and Satan thought he had him. All the hosts of darkness thought they had him. They swamped him, the Bible tells us, for those three days and three nights and they didn't think he was going to rise. Meanwhile, while he was held down, Jesus, the one that healed the sick, Jesus, the one that opened blind eyes, Jesus, the one that raised the dead, Jesus, the one that made the lame to walk, dead. There he was. All the saints were quiet. I remember the story, he says how that in Abraham's bosom, they were there. They were watching the activity. Jesus that we had hoped in was laying there dead. And nobody knew what was going to happen. Nobody had an idea what was going to happen. The one that wiped away the tears from the widow, he was dead. The one that made the cripple to walk, he was dead. But all of a sudden, when the demands of justice was met, the voice came from heaven. And that the work has been done, the sacrifice was accepted by heaven, and our victory, our redemption has become a reality. And at that point, the Bible said that Jesus rose from the dead. Colossians describes it in Colossians chapter 2. He says, having spoke principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And what did he do? He went straight to the enemy, and he took the keys from him. He says, I'm he that was dead, 
and in my life. And behold, I have what? The keys to hell and death and the grave. And you know, from that place, when he rose from the dead, he went straight up into heaven. And I could hear the psalmist David rejoicing and saying, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and let the king of glory come in. The angels said, Who is the king of glory? They replied, The Lord of hosts, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, and let the king of glory come in. Who is the king of glory? He says, The Lord of hosts is the king of glory. He offered his blood on our behalf. And from then, God looked at him and said, because you have done this thing, wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name, Philippians chapter 2, that is above every name. Somebody say every name. That at the name of Jesus, oh, hallelujah, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things and beings in heaven and on earth and underneath the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee, if it has a name, the Bible says it must bow to the name of Jesus. Are you following me? So it means no matter what confronts you on the earth, no matter what you are faced with in this world, it says at the name of Jesus, it must bow. Or it might be a sickness. It might be a disease. You know, a few days ago, I was listening to a testimony. Uh, a sister was sharing to my hearing a testimony of a prayer we had prayed, you know, barely three weeks ago. She had stage four terminal cancer. Stage four, right here in the U.S. And just at the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, now she's cancer-free. Cancer-free cancer-free at the name of Jesus. People of God, it's amazing. There is power in that name. There is power in that name. Glory to God. There is power in that name. He gave us that name to live by. He gave us that name that no matter what confronts you, and you know, I mean, when, you, when he tells us to pray, because prayer is an aspect of our life that we, you know, we must actually give attention to. He says, whatever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Then whatever you shall demand in my name, I will do it. John chapter 16, John chapter 14. In my name. Which means that you can raise your head high and know that no matter what comes against you on this earth, you have the victory. Why? Because you have the name. Remember Peter and John at the gates, called beautiful, Acts chapter 3. They were walking in at the hour of prayer. And there had been a man there that had been lame from his mother's womb for 40 years. That's a long time. That's a long time. He was sitting there begging for arms in Acts chapter 3. And then, as they approached, he was looking up to them to give them arms. Then Peter stopped. Now, this is after the resurrection. Now they understood the power that's behind the name. And so they had the chance, they had the opportunity to put it to work. And so Peter looked at him and said to him, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I've got something. Tell your neighbor you've got something. Tell your neighbor I've got something. Say it one more time. Say I've got something. He said, such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand and lifted him up. And the Bible says his ankle bones received strength. And the man that had never walked for 40 years, 40 years, began to walk. Glory to God. I said glory to God. The same man, and everybody knew this man because he had been here for 40 years begging. He was known. And so people were wondering what had happened. They were in amazement, and look at what happened. When they were in amazement, they came on to Peter and John, and Peter said something very interesting. I need to hear this. Please listen to this. You're going to hear, love this. This is what Peter said. Now he said, to them, 
the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, had glorified his son, Jesus, whom he delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and kill the prince of life, whom God had raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. Now listen to this, verse 16. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him had given him this perfect soundness. Perfect soundness. Perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Brothers and sisters, it's in the name. Are you aware that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? There is perfect soundness for you in the name. There is perfect soundness for you in the name. All he asks of you to do is believe it. Receive it. When you got born again, he put that name upon you. And you can stand, no matter what you face, and say, in the name of Jesus, I receive perfect soundness in my body. From the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Guess what happens? God will confirm it in your life. If you will believe it. We find that, that many people don't receive their healings because they're not sure it's God's will for them to be healed. But you can see right there from scriptures. Because God is consistent with himself. What he did for one, he will do for the other. Amen? And his name, through faith in his name, has given this man this perfect soundness. Now, here's the interesting part. After this happened, so everybody, you know, rejoiced at the testimonies. The rulers became angry. And they arrested them and threw them into prison. And in the next chapter, which is in chapter 4, this is what they did. Um, they warned them. Let me, let me read that from us, skip because of time. But you can read the whole of chapter 4. How, when they gathered them together and asked them how they had done this. And they told them it was in the name of Jesus. This is what they did, they did to them. In verse 17, no, verse 16. The rulers said among themselves, what shall we do to this man for that indeed a notable miracle had been done by them is manifest to all them which dwell in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. You know, there's some miracles you can deny, but there's some you cannot deny. You cannot deny the miracle of a man who had not walked for 40 years. You all know him. You saw him day and night, right? And then he's walking. All of a sudden, he was here an hour ago, an hour later, he's on his feet walking after 40 years. A notable miracle. Then said, but that is spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. We are not stopping them from speaking. They are free to speak, but don't speak in that name. We are not stopping them from preaching. You are free to preach, but don't preach in that name. We are not stopping them from praying. You are free to pray, but don't pray in that name. That they speak no more in that name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Whatever you want to do, they said, leave out that name. But you know what? The power is in the name. Amen? But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and have heard. Why? Because the power is in the name. All of God's power is in the name. At that name, every name was bow. Remember what Jesus said to us in Mark chapter 16? He says, he that believeth in my name is baptized. And these signs, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. Are you faced with a situation right now that you know that the devils are at work? Guess what it says? In that name, you shall cast out devils. So take your rightful place. You have a loved one who you have been praying for to get saved over the years. You know what the Lord has done for you. You know how you are in Christ and the things that are working for you. And you have been praying for them. Use the name. I said use the name. 
Ken Hagen told us a story of how that his brother, he'd been praying for about 15 years for his brother Dob to be saved. He's been asking God to save him. God said, I've saved the whole world. But when God showed him a revelation about this and said, use the name, in one moment he stood and took authority over the forces of darkness that were holding his brother back from seeing the light. And within two weeks, his brother that he had been praying for for 15 years to get saved came to the Lord in two weeks. Isn't that wonderful? In two weeks. All he did was use the name. Use the name. Because there is power in the name of Jesus. They commanded them not to teach or speak in that name because they knew that the key was in the name. In that name we have victory. In that name we have triumph. You have a child who is not doing well at school. Use the name. Use the name. You have a situation at work. Use the name. Whatever it is that you are faced with, that name has been given to you and is guaranteed to give you victory. But you must use the name. Now, every child of God has a right to use the name. Every child of God has. And the reason you have a right to use the name is because you have been named with that name. When you come into Christ, right, he puts his name upon you. Glory to God. If I could say it this way, you have his name as your last name. So whatever your name is, it ends with Jesus. Amen? Because you remember the song we sang, you know my name, and you call me your own. If you belong to him, then you have his name. And because you have his name, you have the power of an attorney to use his name in every situation. Glory to God. When you use that name, nothing can stand against you. Oh, I remember how that the songwriter says, Oh, what things we often forfeit. I don't know if you know that song. Oh, what things we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? He says, we should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. You can take it to the Lord in prayer. You can take it to the Lord in prayer. There is power in that name. I said this morning, I just wanted to remind you, because I know you have heard it before, but sometimes we need to be reminded that that name is the name above every other name. And if all you take away from here is the consciousness of a fact that that name is the answer to every challenge that you're confronted with, then God will be pleased. Amen? God will be pleased. Glory to God. We use this word, you know, we say things like, as soon as possible. Do this as soon as possible. ASAP. Now, I always encourage people to say that word, ASAP, ASAP. Say it twice. ASAP, ASAP. Say it twice. Say it twice. All right. I just want to give you this acronym for you to remember. And what does it mean? It means always say a prayer as soon as possible. Say it again. And what's that? ASAP, ASAP. Always say a prayer as soon as possible. Say it in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. You have friends that you need to come to the Lord. Remember I said God has a plan for your life. And God's purpose for your life must be fulfilled. But you cannot fulfill it without prayer. Always say a prayer in the name of Jesus. And all that God has planned for your life to accomplish will be fulfilled. I said will be fulfilled. Don't despair for the situation that you're faced with right now. Why? Because God has an answer. God has a solution. But it's in the name. I'll close with Philippians chapter 2. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. And every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Whatever situation you are faced with right now that is contending with the honor of Christ in your life, bring it to his knees with the name of Jesus. At that name, it has no choice to bow.
It has no choice but to bow. Bring it to his knees with the name of Jesus. For that name has been given unto you to live a victorious life. That name has been given to you to live a triumphant life. In that name, like that song said, you are unstoppable. In that name, you are undefeatable. Glory to God. In that name, because it's the name above every other name. Everything else has a name, but this name is above them all. Amen? And he says, if you will believe it, if you will believe it, if you would receive it, then it will so for you. Glory to God. I want you to pray a prayer this morning. Whatever it is that you're faced with, I need you to talk to the Lord and say, Lord, in that name, I present this to you. I roll this over to you. I turn this over to you. Just take a minute and pray that prayer before I close. And speak to the Lord and say, I turn this over to you in the name of Jesus. I bring this matter before you in the name of Jesus. For in that name, every name was bow. And this situation that I'm faced with right now, I bring it before the name of Jesus. I bring it before the name of Jesus. I desire a change. I desire a new beginning in this area and in this area. I desire a new start. Help me, Lord, in the name of Jesus. That name is available to me. And today, I take my victory. Today, I take my victory in that name. Today, I rise victorious in that name. I rise triumphant, and I'll never be the same again. Hallelujah. In the precious name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your people. I have put them in remembrance of your word. That the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Even as we put them in remembrance of the power in the name this morning, I thank you that it will be from glory to glory for each and every one in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all that truly believe, say amen. Thank you for listening.